I am super, super excited to teach you all how to prime your body for flight. Um, in the workshop kind of like uh, description, it talks a little bit about, um, are you looking to hop into a handstand or hang out in a headstand? Then this workshop is your chance to take a guided tour of some of the challenging and complex poses of inversions. And you'll learn practical tools to turn upside down with stability and grace. I think what we're going to be doing today is really fun and exhilarating, but it's also a way to really teach resiliency practice. And it's a great way to teach how to create space and let go of the fruits of your action. Right? Because we're trees and we nurture ourselves and we want to grow roots to bear fruit. But sometimes we come into these spaces with a lot of expectations. Like, okay, I'm taking a handstand workshop and I'm going to walk out. I'm going to be able to totally do a handstand. And if I don't, I'm the biggest loser in the whole world, right? And if I don't do a handstand for 10 years, I really suck because I took this workshop a couple times, right? What our ultimate goal of this is to really get over and conquer our fears versus making sure that we are able to do this exceptional pose like right away and be perfect at everything. Because that's not what yoga is about as we've been studying this weekend. Um, we're gonna break down yoga postures to get to forearm balances, handstands, crow is even an inversion, um, chair poses um, that we're gonna learn to help support us in a headstand without having even our head to the ground. And we're gonna practice a lot about the body mechanics and um, body awareness in each pose. So we have until 2.30 to play around and have a lot of fun. We probably won't be eating anything till later today. We might be snacking a little bit, but um, we will be upside down. So there's a lot of um, digestive things that can come up. If we're upside <laughs> too much. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I gave you this really awesome handout uh, to kind of um, go over before we start everything. And the way that I would like to have today kind of pan out, and we can all work on how we would like to do this together, is that I want to start off after we go over these sheets a little bit to really talk about... Um, uh, before our practice, um, doing a meditation together, using a mudra. So I'd like to set an intention, practice doing a mudra meditation, and then we'll move into uh, a little flow to get ourselves open, because this is gonna be a lot of um, hips and arm strength and wrist stuff. I'm gonna teach some wrist exercises and some things to do to uh, uh, not feel um, the pressure of inversions that a lot of people do when they're pushing so hard to make something happen, but actually learn how to um, harness the energy of the breath and always do everything from the center, which will be really super fun. And then in our practice, maybe with a little restorative legs up the wall visualization. Sound good? Yay. I can tell you're so excited. Yeah. I'm here. I am. Yeah. That's good. All right. So in uh, in your handout, and 
the girls who have been with me already all weekend know that I like to give a little maybe too much information <laughs> so that you can study it later in life. So I, I'll, it's just um, some fun stuff. But in this packet, something that I wanted to show you is in the Ashtanga ha handout that I gave you with all that cool sequence of the Ashtanga, inside of this packet is the seven hands, headstands that come from Ashtanga. Mm. So when you do an Ashtanga practice and you start working into uh, uh, the second series, you start doing all these headstands. So the primary series is what I handed out, but there are seven headstands that happen, which are really exciting. When we go into inversions, they help us to tap into something called ojas. And in Spanish, I think ojos are eyes, right? But in uh, Sanskrit, ojas is, um, it's the, um, takes you deeper and assists you to find your um, spiritual practice. So these inversions help you not only flip perspectives in your life, but these inversions help you to flip perspectives so that you can literally really open up to a deeper sense of spirituality, a little deeper depth to your person, because you're conquering the fears of matter and you're tapping deeper into that more mindful space where you can um, overcome a lot of things and start diving into a deeper, more intuitive sixth sense space. Like what we talked about yesterday with the Yoga Sutras a little bit. Uh, when you practice inversions, it helps you with your mental clarity and um, it helps you with your a renewed energy. So one of the things that we'll um, start doing is I'll teach you two different ways to find the crown of your head, but let's find the first one that's kind of fun. You open your fingers really wide and you take the uh, base of your hand to the bridge of your nose. All right, now wiggle your middle finger like you're flipping the bird, okay? And touch that spot to the top of your head. Ah, so that little kind of baby soft spot or crown chakra space or that like, you know, little uh, point at the top of your head is, it's funny to see you're doing it on the screen, um, <laughs> is, uh, is uh, where they say that reflexology or um, meridian line is if someone's a pain in your ass. That's, what, that's where that little point is. And so when you do a headstand, you're putting just a slight little pressure on this spot right here when you do your inversion practice. Um, one of my teachers used to, he used to say rupees all the time, but um, one of my mentors would always talk about you only want to have the little size of like a rupee or like a dime on the ground. You don't really want to put a lot of pressure on this spot, but you want to put enough pressure so that you can really start um, sparking your energy lines in your body. It's kind of cool. But you don't want to put pressure where you're like, oh my god, I can't breathe, <laughs> and I'm like pressure, and you start flipping out, right? And the idea is you want to have so much freedom and space that it's just as if you're standing. Uh, 
So we're working really to um, put that little pressure on there so that we can open up to our higher energies or our ojas. It's kind of pretty. Um, and that opens up a word that I've been saying a couple times, your prajna, your higher states of, con- um, higher states of consciousness where you're um, tapping into the inner light of wisdom. That is already a part of who you are, right? Everything that I've taught this weekend, everything that I'm going to teach you today, your body intuitively already knows how to do. It's the fact that for some reason we have um, put ourselves in a space of fear which is redonkulous because we don't need to be fearful of anything. When we flip perspectives, if you really think about it, um, you already have fallen down. We're already sitting on the ground, we fell. If I stand up, I've already fallen down because my feet are on the ground, right? If I'm in downward facing dog and I put my hands down but I lift one leg up, holy balls, I've already fell because my one leg's in the air, but the rest of the legs are on the ground. You know, I'm called these legs just now. But you don't want to feel afraid in this space. You want to feel playful and resilient and have that awesome, kind of like really cool, great, um, I'm going to try something new, right? Like a kid, when they're learning to walk, did you guys walk in this space today? you did but remember or maybe you don't remember but as a parent or auntie or you know a grandparent or a babysitter remember watching a kid trying to like learn how to walk Mm -hmm. did they say I'm not gonna do it anymore (laughs) right and you have friends who are like crawling to work right I mean no (laughs) right Yeah, I mean, we might, like, in our minds want to crawl to work because we don't want to go to work, but we, you know, we we did it. We kept trying. We kept trying until finally we were able to do it. And that's really what we're trying to think about. There is no such thing for a kid who's learning how to crawl to have a bad day. It's our mind that makes it so. Mm, Right? So here we go back to the philosophy of the Yoga Sutras or back to the philosophy of the energy lines in our body. We can create evenness or equanimity if we just conquer the monkey mind. That's the thing that's giving us fear. But if we can really tell ourselves there's no such thing as a bad day, there's no such thing as not being able to do something because our mind is not controlling our body. They work together. And if we give our mind a job to do, there is no fear unless we say it's so. So that's a huge thing about this inversion thing that we're going to be practicing. Right, Mary? Yeah. All right, so um, it also is really cool because as we talked about our lines of communication in our body and our nervous system, this is that space of the third eye. If we're getting into the ohas and that more spiritual realm, this is like a fast track to enlightenment, 
I told the girls yesterday that there's people who if they tap you on the top of their head or touch you on the top of your head, you can reach spiritual enlightenment, like it's the fast track, you know, whether you believe it or not. But that is another way to open the third eye by doing inversion practices. Um, in the front of your page, I have a little bit of information about how um, your pose is based on Tadasana. And it really is helping you take a stand and be centered and um, allow you to hold yourself upright in a way that allows our physical and emotional self to feel our best. So I always ask people, what do you stand for, right? Like if you're walk into a room and you're kind of going like this with your shoulders and then you don't look the person in the eye and you're like this right and you're kind of have one foot in front and the other here and you're like you know you can tell the person's not too jazzed about hanging out but if you find someone and they come there and they're like hey what's going on right then you know this person stands for positivity and success and you know optimal alignment and that's the same way you want to greet your inversion practice hey mofo i'm so excited <laughs> and i'm a badass and i just want to do this shit right you just have to greet it with that excitement and that awesome awesome energy right One of my favorite um, ways to describe the word responsibility, we have a responsibility to ourself to arrive at everything we do with best self, right? Is that if you took the word, just like um, you know, my favorite um, uh, Sesame Street thing, responsibility, it's our ability to respond wisely in life's circumstances when they're challenging. You see the words two separate ways. Right? So we work with kids or adults or someone who's having a really crappy day, and you say, Well, look it, it's your responsibility. You can do whatever you want to, but you have an ability to respond either positively or negatively. Which path do you choose? I don't know about you guys, but I choose fucking freedom. <laughs> I choose joy and happiness and ease any day, right? Is that going to be our new t-shirt? We made a t-shirt yesterday. Oh, was that, was that um, a new t-shirt? Turn. Tune in. Oh, I have oh, yeah. a t-shirt. Um, take it in, don't take it take on. Take it in. Take it in, not on. But yeah. don't, don't take don't it on. Yep. We all came up with little nuggets of what our favorite thing was yeah. we learned. I love it. Mm -hmm. Yep. So... We want to um, think about our inversion practice is that your hands are your feet and your feet are your hands. And we'll do this when we practice Tadasana or maybe just because we've been sitting for a second and we're not going to move into a practice. Let's all grab a block. And since we're here, let's <laughs> grab, grab a strap too. The black ones are longer, gray ones are shorter. So just in case someone is still settling in with their food,
food. I, um, I hope it's okay that we're going reading the sheets before we do our meditation movement and then stuff. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. That's really funny. Okay, we're going to use our strap later. But let's all stand up now that we have our blocks. And to show you that your hands are your feet and your feet are your hands, the first thing I always like to tell people is to put their block in between their legs. Okay? If we stood up without our block in between our legs, it has a totally different sensation in our body. For those of you who took class with me, this is very similar as the exercise of putting the foot on the other foot when you're preparing for tree. But what do you feel when you have this block in between your legs? Legs feel stronger. I was going to say, I'm a nutcracker. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Your feet are rooted. Oh, my feet are rooted. I feel stronger. I feel more stable. More stable. Standing straighter, yes. yep. Standing more upright. Feels easier. Easier, right? So we have our adductors that are squeezing the block and our abductors that pull out, right? So our adductors really help us to stay stable if we think about the center of our body. If we take and put the block on the ground and we come and meet a situation like sometimes we do, like the person I was describing before, right? We're not always there. But if we just are standing here without the block, it's a totally different sensation. Mm -hmm. Unless I say, touch your big toe down to the ground and lift the other ten to eight toes up off the ground. Okay? What do you feel when you do that? Same thing. Ar yep, the nice. arches of your feet yeah. start coming up and you yeah. start feeling that integration, right? Yeah. Okay, here we go, back to Friday night's lecture. Everything integrates, everything is cohesive, everything comes together when you really <coughs> practice focusing on the breath. So big toes down, rest of the toes lift up, and you start to spread them out, okay? Try to lower the feet down from the outside in really hard someone might get a cramp in their toes <laughs> super hard right mm -hmm. but the ultimate thing and I said this in practice yesterday morning is you want to almost feel like you could have your toes up really high and no arches touching the ground and be totally fine practicing your yoga yeah the thighs spiral inward and the hips slightly broaden as if you have a tails with a feather so that like you're a peacock and you're like going like this to so your Buddha is cute. Let it try. <laughs> right? And then your pubic bone and tailbone are not having a monologue. If I'm having a monologue and with my pubic bone leading, then I'm gonna get constipated. Right? If I have a conversation with just my tailbone, which is the king, then I'm dumping all of my stuff out, right? And I have a, a, my bandonkadonk is not going to feel good, and neither is my back. But if uh, my pubic bone and tailbone are supported by the adductors and the abductors and the hips, then I have a really good pelvic bowl. And that's what we've got is a bowl. We want to fill that bowl up so that we can rise up energetically to our best self. And so that we can keep everything really in alignment and focus on staying strong. <coughs> 
And this also helps your shoulders too. Stay back. Cool. Everybody feeling okay? Mm -hmm. Awesome. Okay, we're gonna use our block. <laughs> you might not like me by the end of it, but you're gonna use our block for our practices. And then we'll come on and sit back down. <coughs> As we do this practice together, we're gonna practice what we learned yesterday from the Yoga Sutras, the concept of Shtira Sukha Asanam, to have steady and easeful states. You guys remember when I talked about that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And when you have a steady and easeful state, then uh, we really focus on that's almost the essence of Hatha Yoga, to shift smoothly into the inner state of equilibrium and peace. So that power and stillness that you're working with helps you to really find um, the ha and the ta, the sun and the moon, and balance between the two. You want to make sure that it's accessible, and you want to make sure that everything that you're doing in your inversion practice, you're anchoring your gaze. So your gaze point in yoga is, is, is called drishti. It's where, but it, by definition to me, what it means is pure seeing. So it's all about seeing truth, seeing purely. Your gaze, when you practice, you're not looking at yourself in the front mirror. You're actually either reflecting back and looking inward to your breath. Even though I'm gazing in a warrior two, say, and my right foot's forward, and I'm gazing past the right middle finger, I'm actually bouncing back and looking inward with the breath. So your drishti, or your gaze point, it gives you stability but it also allows you to tap back into what you're really at on the mat for, is to find pure seeing. And then as you practice with your breath, you're finding the freedom and the awareness. So that conscious active breath gives you the capacity to handle um, whatever demand you're gonna run into without upsetting the intrinsic equilibrium and sense of well-being. So that's pretty huge. There are so many benefits, not just the opening of the third eye and tapping into your ohas so that you can have a brighter uh, personality and a brighter aura and a, 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 you know, a, a better disposition. And right here I put a bunch of di things that are like um, physical benefits. Um, the one thing that you kind of don't want to do as you're improving your core strength, your balance, your confidence, uh, and um, having fun, is if you are having your ladies' holiday, you might not want to practice that day, uh, just because of something that we now have a big, uh, uh, over 80% of women, uh, there's a doctor in the room, so this is a statistic, I don't know if it's true, <laughs> uh, have endometriosis. And so endometriosis is um, kind of a challenge, and if you're trying to um, make babies, um, you might want to think about not flipping because that might uh, cause a challenge. So um, that's why um, you might not want to flip over, but um, I know many people who do inversions and practice their entire um, you know, pregnancy in even before. 
you know, and they're like, oh, I got pregnant. Yeah, <laughs> right, lucky girl. <laughs> yeah, so um, you're reversing the blood flow in your body when you're inverted, so it's improving circulation, but at the same time, it can affect areas in your body that maybe you don't want to. Um, and it's energizing and it, and it creates heat, so it's renewed energy. Like sun salutations are done to literally create internal heat and get you um, literally to get that inner metronome to start going and regulating. So you're stimulating all of the chakras, which we know now it's making your endocrine system function better. And inversions are great for your metabolism. Um, it, for a lot of people with the emotional benefits, it helps them um, with confidence and it helps them to break through insecurity and fear. And emotionally it also, because of really triggering a lot of things along the endocrine system, it um, is a um, natural painkiller. So that relieves so much stress in people who are suffering from pain if inversions help you feel better. Like legs up the wall pose for people who have varicose veins is a great pose to do. It helps. Um, I put a picture there um, showing uh, the body parts affected in an inversion. So you kind of see some of the muscles from Leslie Kamenoff's book. He's got a great anatomy book if you haven't seen it. It's really simple and easy. Required reading. Oh, cool. Mm -hmm. There you go. Um, you want to make sure that when it said issues to watch out for, when you are inverted, you see that guy looks like he's having a really good fun time, except for all of his skin is off. And, <laughs> <laughs> and it just looks like a bunch of muscles. But um, the, the wandering nerve is called the Thank you. <laughs> vagus nerve, right? And so um, when you're in these inverted poses, you want to make sure some people, like with a camel, the way that we teach camel is very slow and methodical because a lot of people get triggered and go into panic mode. Not really maybe because they don't think they can do the pose, but because the, their body doesn't feel okay because it's not a common thing to do. We don't walk around forward folding all day long, right? And we don't walk around leaning over big BOSU balls either, <laughs> right? Even though that would be like a good idea. Um, but uh, it would help a lot of people to be a little bit more open. But um, so because we've become more erect and stand and sit in chairs and lay in bed, um, our bodies aren't used to certain things, which in turn, um, makes, uh, you know, it can trigger the vagus nerve and it can elicit a range of emotions. And if someone cries in a pose or if someone, uh, you know, has an outburst in a pose, you want to hold space for them and really meet everybody where they're at. Oh, we're changing position. <laughs> yep. um, and the other thing too, and that's why we're going to practice after we talk about this, we want to really make sure we warm up while we do this. I made a little chart for you that shows you um, names of some poses and um, their Sanskrit friends. Remember, everybody has different ways to translate Sanskrit. Everybody has different ways to enunciate Sanskrit. 
especially if you're not, you know, born in that culture and, um, you know, teach that as a specific, like, college course. So um, this is just my opinions. But there are so many uh, poses that are inverted, even threading the needle when we're laying down on the ground, right? Because you're inverted. It's the legs up the wall pose. So uh, it's pretty fascinating when you really start uh, looking at everything that we do in practice. And some will say, well, I can't do inversions, but you can be like, well, you do thread the needle, right? You, you do child's pose, right? So, you know, there is no such thing can't. And I'm a Montessori kid, so that's like, you know, that's ingrained in me. But I think that it's really important as a teacher or as a friend, even if you're just interested in yoga, you know, to like really inspire your friend to um, think that, that there is an opportunity for um, growth and development and that they can do something. I also put cute little pictures on there. Um, and then, um, one of the, I like asking questions and having people fill in things. So one of your, um, you know, homeworks or things you can think about is when you're upside down, um, your world can get literally and metaphorically really topsy-turvy, right? And, um, it can help you get out of habits and take a break from the norm, but what do you do personally to break out of habits when you feel stuck? So, or um, what happens when you lose control? What's your reaction? And how can you maybe think of it in a different way? So those are kind of good questions to think about as you go through your days. Mm, the other thing that I want to touch on really um, small little bits and um, pieces of are the idea of bandhas. And this isn't a bandhas workshop, but I wanted you to have this handout to kind of learn about um, the idea of bandhas. But energy um, permeates through our body, right? We have enough energy to power a nuclear bomb if we wanted to. Uh, I mentioned this when we were practicing before, but our breath has the ability to heat a bottle of water up on top of our head, right? We just really have to focus on tapping into those inner resources. And uh, we are incredible, powerful, superhuman machines. And we're powered by the inhales and the exhales. So here we go on those like dance of opposites again. But bandhas are all of about little internal body locks or seals or binds. And they um, help you to not only control the breath, but they help you um, to uh, invert. They help you to stay calm. They're really amazing. Yesterday, I taught you the three-part breath, the integral breath, that Durga breath, right? So you're breathing into the lower half, the middle half, and the upper half of your body, of your torso. Well, what's really interesting is that three-part breath not only is A-U-M-A of the Om, but it's also um, the first Banda, the second Banda, and the third Banda. 
and um, it helps you to get subtle energy to flow. So if you have a blockage in an area, then it can give you the opportunity to um, be more fluid. The funny thing is, is that like, I don't know about all of you, if you did sports as a kid, but high performance athletes know and have these elements and they don't even like realize that they're engaging bandhas when they start really churning energy through their body, right? So we're churning energy and rising upward and creating this rhythm. And it's almost like inside of us, we have a, we have a, cervix down here as women, but we also have these kind of spaces in other parts, right here, here, and here. These diaphragms that really help us to move energy upward. So uh, bandhas, these internal body locks, these seals, these things that help move energy are just about opposing forces that flow like a battery, positive and negative, right? So, and so we talked about in chakras and in energy movement that you had the base of the spine and the top of your head, the Shiva Shakti, the male and the female, right? And that they're always dancing together to get the movement flowing. If one is flowing, then you're only in one frame of mind. If the other way is flowing, then you're only in that way frame of mind because it's not going down, it's only going up. So what we're trying to do is create this infinite loop with the bandhas, with the breath. Everything that I keep saying is over and over repeating, even though they have different names and different ideas, chakras, energy, bandhas, alignment, balancing king and queen it's all saying the same thing about getting things to flow freely comes from the breath and ha and ta right the hatha yoga practice um when even shtir and sukha is listed there right motion and stillness power and stillness it's all about really harnessing the pure potentialities of the breath. And that's why in our eight limb practice, it goes yama, niyama, right? Yama to your mama, take a shower, right? It's all inter, in, inter, intrapersonal, oh no, sorry, interpersonal to intrapersonal. And then it goes to the movements and it's great, oh yeah, I have a great yoga pose, that's your asana, that's fine, but the asana doesn't work unless you sit on the platform of the breath. And when you have those first kind of external practices, then you can go into the side, right? Yamas, right? Those three great things that lead you to a supra state of consciousness, right? That those three sayamas lead you through the meditations into a space of samadhi, which is moksha or liberation or freedom. So it's pretty amazing. It's all the same. <laughs> right? 
And yesterday I taught the girls, which you guys might remember or might not have heard before, but um, the main thing that helps you tap into your breath and really get to this space of freedom is yoga chitta vritti narodaha, right? Yoga is the calming of the fluctuations of the mind. So you, if you get out of your own damn way, right, because Patanjali was just a life coach or a, a therapist, if you get out of your own way and thinking won't make it so, you can be your best self. And you can stand on one hand, or you can stand on your toes, or you can stand on your nose, whatever feels good. Hmm? So let's find the Mula Bandha, because we're going to find it in our practice here. But one of the best ways to find our Mula Bandha was with that block, right? To find Uddiyana Bandha, it's a little bit harder, and that's our second one. But it might be fun to go through these little notes I have here, because if you look at Mula Bandha, Mula means root, and Bandha means lock. So the root or plant of a tree. And isn't it interesting that I kept giving you the visualization of a tree? Mm -hmm. But if you look in here, the element and the chakra, it's the same as root, right? Mm -hmm. So the muladhara chakra is the same as mula bandhas. It's your perineum muscle, or it's that pelvic floor, which is triangular like a diamond. And it's very interesting because in um, lot, there's our, a lot of yoga schools of thought, I mean so meditation schools of thought, I apologize, that are called the diamond way or the diamond path. Huh, interesting. So in order to really get to that supreme state of being, that divine goddess power, right, has to wake up. We have to find that piece of coal in that space that is between the pubic bone, tailbone, and hips. So doing this block thing works really well to find your center, but I'm going to have you all do something in a second. It helps you with um, firmness, stability, concentration, and the cool thing about Uddiyana Bandha is uh, I'm sorry, um, the cool thing about Mula Bandha is that it's pretty easy to find. Okay? So we're going to lay on our backs and we're going to grab a block. Ooh, that felt good. I just cracked my back. <laughs> and we're going to squeeze the block. All right? Take your elbows and bring them next to your ribcage and your palms face towards each other. So your elbows are down on the ground. This opens your shoulders, okay? For those of you who have your chin up higher than your uh, forehead, you really want your forehead in line with, oh, uh, ha. You wanna have your, I'm just watching Mary. Um, you wanna have your forehead in line with your chin. So take your hands behind your head as you're in kind of bridge prep almost. Interlace your fingers and Bring your elbows up high to the sky. Good. Draw your chin to your chest. Good. Now your neck is lengthened. Now lower your head back down. And so your forehead should either or always be in the same plane with your chin, 
but never lower than your chin. Great, now your elbows come back down, resting by the sides of your ribs, palms face towards each other, as if you're holding a block there. There's a block in between your legs, and now press down into your feet and lift your hips up. Good, you're squeezing the block. Feel that strength? Awesome, lower your hips back down. Okay, now as you're set up like a bridge with your knees over your ankles and your um, hips in alignment, and you're squeezing the block, all I'm gonna ask you to do is create a little bit of space as if underneath your tailbone there's a marshmallow. So now you're gonna squeeze into the block and you're gonna exhale and move your hips so that your tailbone comes up and you create space for a marshmallow. Inhale and mush the marshmallow and let your hips back down. Exhale, belly button to the spine, create space for the marshmallow. Squeeze the block. Inhale, lower your hips back down. Good, exhale, inhale, exhale, inhale. One more time, exhale, inhale. Good. Reach your hands back behind you, roll to the right side and press yourself up to a seated position. Anybody feel that? A little bit? Yes. It's kind of, I don't want to say kegeling because it's, it's not always like kegeling, so, um, but it's finding that little magic spot inside that starts to activate. Like when you're going on a car ride and you have to go to the bathroom, there's a little bit of a squeeze. Yeah? Okay. And if you didn't feel it, it doesn't make you a bad person. It just, it just takes time to condition that, yeah? Um, when you go to the second bandas, it's called Udiana. You want to say that out loud? Udiana. And it means flying up um, lock. Uh, this upward flying lock is more in your solar plexus region. It activates and affects your navel center. Your stomach goes inwards and then a little bit upwards because you're um, engaging psoas and solar plexus stuff. Um, it draws prana out of its foundation, right? And we now know that that base of our um, prana area or energy center is, you know, near the um, coccyx, uh, coccyx complex. How'd you like that, doctor? Just made up a new word. Yeah. So I made up another word. Um, but you're directing the prana upward, and that's a lot why this one's element is air, right? Because it's lifting upward. And um, the energy of the Anahata Chakra um, is activated because you want to really give yourself lightness um, in this pose. So what we're gonna do with this one is wait until we're practicing because it's a little bit more intense and I wanna move into the, this space. But the third bandas, um, Jala, Jalhandara. So let's all say Jala. Jala. Hand. Hand. Ara. Ara. Jalhandara. 
So this is your throat lock, and we all have uh, our rolled up strap. You can also think of this as like a tennis ball could work too. If you've had whiplash or any kind of accidents in your neck or shoulders, this might not feel very comfortable, so be really kind to yourself. I do know human beings who've had rods in their spines, right? People who've had surgery um, and you can still get affected by this. Um, so, uh, and be able to do inversions, um, but be really mindful to yourself. So you take this rolled up thing and you take and you bring it to your um, cute little indent right here and you're going to place that there and you're gonna lift your chin up as your collarbones draw back and as you exhale, you're gonna like arch up and over and get your chin. I have a really long neck, so this is easier for me. You get your chin to squeeze that and you see how you feel that weird sensation. <laughs> and you get that weird sensation. Mm -hmm. Your chin lowers safely in this space and your sternum is rising up. And so it's a dynamic opposition. As your chin lowers down, your sternum rises up. Now plug your shoulders back because so, you're lifting your heart. You're stretching the back of the neck, right? And one thing that I like to say is you have a Mona Lisa-esque smile. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> totally you changed. Yes, you like, did you see we yourself here? No, I didn't. I was thinking you. <laughs> we were in challenge schools, I did it, and I was like... <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so this is not resting bitch face, right? Yeah. You know how some people just have resting bitch face? Like I do all the time. People used to think I was so mean, but it's because I'm thinking, right? But you want to have that Mona Lisa smile. So you kind of are touching your tongue to the back of your top teeth. Take your teeth and roll them, uh, take the tongue and roll them past the ridge to that little palate, right? It does something with the sides of your lips, but it does something too. This is another woo-woo thing, doctor, <laughs> that energetically stimulates your brain to spark. So it stimulates your nerves to activate. Almost like the Anja Chakra concept, when the energy meets. So that, do you feel something with your, no? No, I'm trying Other to feel weird. <laughs> It's interesting, right? Yeah. Okay, so then you're doing this and you're doing that. And you have that soft, gentle smile. That's like bridge pose. That's like rabbit pose. That's like plow pose. That's like shoulder stand. You're engaging your endocrine system, but you're also, when you release this, like from fish pose, and then you release, for some people, they feel this mad flush, right? That just like... It's so purifying and liberating. Once you practice it enough, you're not gonna feel all these things that everybody feels, but because your body's conditioned to it, but you can get there. But that's what Jalhandara Bandhas is, and that's how you find it. So it's your Anja Chakra, element is ether, you're aligning and freeing your neck and your cranial nerves. So if someone has a really bad like headache or suffers from migraines, Putting your legs up the wall pose or practicing a little shoulder thing, which I'm going to teach you against the wall, might actually be really good for them. 
And the more stressed out someone is, I put that quote unquote, is it's almost really good to start doing inversion practices to flip perspectives and release that really deep pressure that you get. All right. I'm super excited to do this because I have about 22 different poses we're going to be doing today. <laughs> yeah. And um, I'm really excited to start off with a mindful meditation. Um, how about we take, because I have been speaking for 45 minutes, how about we take just a little bit of a break to prep and then we'll get ready for our practice. Perfect. He wants to stay 